I'm Zivy Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. I just wanted to encourage you all to watch some of my IG Live videos on Instagram. On Instagram, my accounts are at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. But in case I haven't told you, which it occurred to me that maybe I haven't, on Instagram every day at 11 o'clock Eastern time, I interview authors live from my at Zibby Owens account. And to watch it, you just have to open up Instagram. And if you're following me when I'm live, it'll show up on the upper left of your screen in the story section and it'll say live and there'll be a little red circle. So every day, Monday to Friday, I do an IG live show check it out. I do one to four authors a week. Sometimes the shows become these podcasts. And I also do one on Sundays at two with my husband, Kyle. um, And we talk about step parenting and life and all the rest. So if you haven't watched an IG Live, please do. And also I have a virtual book club that I hope you know about. This is all on my website, by the way, zibbyowens.com. But check out my virtual book club, which is through a site called Book Clubs, with a Z, B-O-O-K-C-L-U-B-Z.com. And no, I didn't make that up after my name, but actually it just worked out perfectly. So go to bookclubs.com, and I'm actually the featured book club on their homepage. So you can just click, and you're invited to sign up. Um, I have amazing guests every week, and that meets Tuesdays at 2 p.m., Uh, Eastern Time via Zoom. So please don't miss out on all these other offerings for all of you guys who are loyal listeners to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. And always feel free to check out my website at zibbyowens.com to find out what I'm up to and what else you can do. Oh, and also sign up for my newsletter. On In my newsletter every week, I give updates on the latest, the book recommendations, all my podcasts, all my IG lives, my book club, and any other fun information, um, plus usually some list or article or something that I think would be helpful. So um, also sign up for my mailing list if you get a chance. Okay, that's enough for me. Now go listen to this episode. Today's episode has been sponsored by Stylist. I'd love to tell you more about Stylist because it's the newest and easiest way to shop via text. And to be honest, at first I was a little scared to try it, but once I did it, it's become like the most amazing thing ever. You literally take a picture of something and just text it. So I did it with a light bulb from the dining room that I have no idea what it was. And I took a picture of it and they figured it out. They searched it, they sent me the link to it, and then they sent me the whole item um, all via text. So it's really fantastic. Membership is only $9.99 a month, $9.99. The first month is free. You can cancel at any time. When you sign up with my referral code Zibby, Z-I-B-B-Y, you get one free book. So to sign up, just text Zibby to, these are numbers you're going to text, so get ready, 926-848- and text Zibby with a capital Z. Um, and Or you can sign up on their website, stylelust, S-T-Y-L-U-S-T dot com. And your first book can be free up to $50, which is so great. So go get yourself a free book and try out Stylist. My friend from business school, um, Melissa Bridgeford, is the one who founded this company. And I'm so thrilled to support her. And it's so nice that she's giving away $50 worth of a book for everybody. So um, I hope you love it. And I hope it saves you time because it's ended up sending me so much time now that I'm just clicking pictures of random snacks and then they show up at my door because they've helped me order it. So please try out Stylist. Again, it's text to number 926-848 and text Zibby, capital Z, or go to stylist.com and try it out and let me know what you think. I had such a nice time talking to Nina Renata Aaron. And if you're interested in seeing us talk live, we did a ZIGTV video together during the quarantine. And you can check that out at my Instagram page at Zibby Owens.
Nina is a writer and editor living in Oakland. She's a features editor at Full Stop, an online literary magazine, and her work has appeared in The New Republic, The Rumpus, The Millions, and elsewhere. She recently published a beautiful, gritty, and unpedentable memoir called Good Morning, Destroyer of Men's Souls. Word of warning, I read this on my computer with my traditional 200% Zoom feature, and my daughter was here, and that was not a good idea (laughs) because there are a lot of curse words in her book. So just buyer beware on that front. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi, how are you? Hi, Libby. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm good. I'm happy to be here. I have to have my coffee because it's a little earlier in California. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I hope that's okay. I've run up against this before. When I originally started this, well, first of all, I never imagined I would still be doing this now. I thought this would be like two weeks. We're all going to be home. Of Um, course. But I would have made it later for the West Coast, and I wouldn't have made it at the exact same time my daughter has school. But you know what? These things happen. So <laughs> these are the mom challenges. Well, you've been—I've been watching these interviews you're doing. It's such a comfort. It's been so great. So thank you for everything you're doing for writers who are adjusting to this new reality. No problem. It's, it's helping me adjust as well. Good. <laughs> Gives me something to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, I, but yes, I, I really enjoy it. And I'm delighted to get to talk to people who it would have been hard to talk to everybody all over the world. I know. I mean, that's the one. That's like a silver lining. It's been wild that we can just, I had my virtual launch event the other night and all of my East Coast people, my family and my closest friends and my West Coast people were all like in the room together. It was so great. I loved that's it. so nice. Maybe yeah. some of some maybe some of these ways of congregating will stay, you know, these I think so. I mean, I think one of my friends said to me after that, you know, part I said I felt I really felt so loved and supported that night and she said nobody's doing anything they don't want to do right now. So when people are choosing to do something, they mean it, you know, That's and I was true. thinking, wow, I wonder if maybe we don't ever have to go back to not meaning it. <laughs> that would be good. And a lot of these things, I think, are working out very nicely online, you know, because I think so. Half of life is like racing around from place to place. And, you know, this is this is great. I know. It's easy. It's easy. It's easy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, your book, by the way. (laughs) So I've been doing a lot of my reading these days because you know, books aren't being sent fast enough and all the rest of it on the Kindle app for iCloud. Yeah. So like on my computer. And I don't know if I'm getting old or what, but I now have it all on like 200%. So all the words. <laughs> I do that too. Like it's so embarrassing. Even Microsoft Word is 200%. So I had it like plastered all over my giant like desktop <laughs> and my daughter was sitting in my lab, like doing her drawing for school. And I'm like going through the pages and every other word is like, <laughs> I'm like, oh my, and she can read. So I was like, don't look up. Don't look up. Don't see this. <laughs> That's how I feel about my own children. I'm like, they can admire the pretty cover of my book, but they may not open it for a yeah, long time. Like from the beginning, it's intense and gritty and oh my gosh. So it is, it is. Yeah. Well, tell me about, well, first of all, for anybody who might not know about it, can you, do you have a copy? Of course. I just, I have this. It came out two days ago. It's such a luscious item. I love it. Yeah, I love it too. It's really, it's yummy. I mean, I love the cover, but something about this in hardcover is like, I can't stop picking it up and it's like a baby. Oh, congratulations on the recent release. So exciting. Thank you. Yeah, it's Um, really cool. So tell us what it's about. And it's super personal and emotional and all the rest. But It uh, is really personal and emotional. It's a memoir. It has some, it's sort of laced with cultural history. And it's meant to be sort of the first 
literary memoir about codependency. So I grew up in a household with a family member who struggled with addiction. My sister struggled with heroin addiction when we were teenagers and in our 20s and made it out and is a complete badass and my hero. And that experience really colored all of my relationships and just the way I related to the idea of love and sacrifice and what you're supposed to sort of do in relation to other people and take care of them. And I really thrived on sort of feeling needed and was really enlivened by feeling needed in that dynamic. And then it's about how that, you know, largely how that played out in my romantic relationships, subsequent relationships. So I had an affair when I was married and a young mother with an ex-boyfriend who was a hardcore drug addict who was in and out of sobriety for many years. And we were madly, desperately in love, but it is very gritty and it's very intense because it's about addiction. And I know a lot of people don't have personal experience with that kind of hardcore addiction, but it's also sort of broadly about expectations that women place on ourselves and that throughout history that are, you know, have been placed upon us culturally and sort of how much of ourselves to give in love, whether it's, you know, in any kind of relationship, in motherhood, in our family relationships. So hopefully it, you know, has like broader reach beyond just those who enjoy a good gritty addiction memoir. But I always was reading addiction memoirs my whole life and I never understood why none were written by people who lived in those households and suffered through that. It's terrible and it's really confusing and it really can it can really skew everything in your life and be it's just incredibly challenging and there are resources out there for people who are, have that experience, but I always was looking for like, I wanted this book, so I had to write it. <laughs> I love that. When I, I mean, that's the best reason to write a book is when you can't find what you're looking for and you exactly. have something so unique to say. I mean, it's great. And I'm like you, I love addiction memoirs. I always feel kind of bad saying that. <laughs> no, there's, I mean, as a genre, especially I think in like the last 20 years, as women have started writing their own, I mean, I think it was a very male dominated genre for a while. But they're stunning. And they are sort of like, they encapsulate a kind of personal development narrative often that I think like a lot of us are after making those changes in our lives, whether or not we have struggle with addiction. They are these sort of salvation stories. I love them. Yeah, you're so right. And so always just so open and personal and like yes. dark, but then you know, there's some sort of light at the end because you know they've written this book and I don't know. Exactly. No, totally. I know. And I kind of worried that I would, I don't know. I thought maybe I wouldn't have to share as much of my own struggle. I was like, well, I'm going to write about other people's problems. <laughs> and then I realized if I'm going to write this, I have to like really go for it with my own, be really, really honest, which I was. It was yeah. cathartic. <laughs> yeah. How does it feel now that this is in the world? Is there like any random school teacher or somebody out there that you're like, oh my gosh, this person's going to see what I have to say? <laughs> it's funny. I keep saying, I said this at my launch event too. I had a, a mom friend ask me like, how do you feel knowing that people are going to be able to read this? And I said, I feel so relieved that I never have to pretend to be normal again. <laughs> <laughs> so in a lot of ways, I mean, I think I think it's only okay and I only feel comfortable sharing this because my life is has been really transformed by recovery and therapy and all the work I've done on myself and to be able to write this. So I talk about these things now with like a certain degree of detachment, but 
Yeah, there are definitely people who have reached out to me to say, congrats on your book. I'm so excited to read it. And I'm kind of like, um, you know, I want to just sort of like warn them that it's heavy. But I also feel like all lives have heaviness and there are people who choose to share about it and those who don't. And it feels surprisingly healing to just choose to like, this is my truth. What can I do? You know? It's amazing. Feels good. And think about all the people you're going to help by doing that. I mean, by putting yourself out there. Oh my God. I do hope so. Yeah. I think, I mean, I was always so ashamed of some of these things and really sort of confused as to why I was making certain choices in my life. And I wish I had had more to read that made me feel like, you know, this is, this stuff happens. It's normal. You know, this is like, it really is part and parcel of living with this disease of addiction there. You know, I talk about it in the book, but codependence used to be called co-alcoholics because the dynamic was thought of as a two person dyad, you know, that, and so one person's alcoholism expresses itself in this particular form of drinking too much. And the other person's alcoholism expresses itself in all these martyring, controlling, manipulative behaviors and rage and, you know, and, so I hope that I can sort of normalize that this is this is how the this family disease expresses itself in other people. You had some great line, which I'm probably going to get wrong, but it was something like when you were talking about the disease of addiction, you said your disease was love. Yes. Yeah. Right? Which yeah. is so beautiful. I mean, it's true. So you just kept like putting yourself out there and opening up and like getting so enmeshed <laughs> and all the rest. And Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, you know, among especially the women I'm close to in my life, those questions of how, like, you know, how to have boundaries in love, those questions are always like present in all of our relationships. And so, yeah, I say that the disease I had was loving him, this particular partner, which is definitely true. How long did it take you to write the book? It took me, once I had this idea, I did about six months of research before I wrote the proposal. And then the writing of the book was a year and a half. And, and during that time that was besides raising my children, that was all I was doing. And it was really intense. (laughs) I bet. I mean, how many days did you end up crying? Oh my God. I mean, it was so funny because I, I feel like I was kind of researching like my own misery, you know, I mean, I was, I was research, a researcher of my own depression. So I was like going back through, I've always kept journals and really like pretty diligently, I, you know, it was like back through so many journals and letters and emails and of really the hardest times in my life. So when I needed a break from those, you know, I'm like trained as an academic and there's some like history in here and not nearly as much. I mean, I think I wrote like a history book while I was writing this, you know, but I would take a break and, and throw myself into this sort of historical research about the temperance movement and Al-Anon and how women have sort of historically related to alcoholics and addicts in their lives. That was my break. That was my vacation. That was your break. Yeah. It sounds like, it sounds like a real Remy, you know. Yeah, exactly. But it was fascinating. It's really fascinating. I hope that, I don't know, I think I'll, I'll write something about some of that history that didn't make it into the book because it's, it was so interesting. How did you go from that intensity of emotion to then like dealing with your kids? How old were they at the time of writing? And They're now 11 and 8. So this was like the past couple of years that I've been writing the book. How did you just switch the trigger? I mean, it's funny. It's like 
I mean, I don't think I switched the trigger. I think they, I mean, as you know, it's like you just are sort of called upon to be another version of yourself, which is why they are such a life-saving, amazing. I mean, they're just, they're great and they're so funny. And I found that I would, I was really worried that I would sort of like carry this sad bummer mom energy, like into the evening or something. And then they would come home from school and I would just, you know, they make you feel great. I was, I felt really just lucky to have my real life was playing out and reminding me every day that like, we're all happy and okay and healthy. And, and that just kept me very like grateful. Yeah. I feel like there's this extra huge pressure on, on moms to like have it all sort of, you have to present as somewhat together. And yet I feel like kids can always see through Like kids can see through me a mile away when I'm like pretending that I'm in a good mood. They're like, no, why are you so sad? And I'm like, how can you tell? <laughs> they always And then they're know. like, you being sad is making me sad. So then yes. I feel even worse. You know, now I'm sad and I've made my kids sad. It's like, yeah. it's like no win. It's like, I just can't. I just can't. But I yeah. I mean. Anyway, so to, to have undertaken a project like yours in the midst of it all, and I'm super impressed. <laughs> Thank you. It was really cathartic. I had heard people say that about writing books before, that it, like something sort of like needed to come out of them in a particular way at a particular time. And I feel grateful that I, I think I was sort of like struck by that bolt of lightning. This just all just arrived, you know, it had to happen in this way. And I'm so glad that I had my kids there to sort of like provide this light, you know, all the way through. Do you have advice if people are listening or listening later who are struggling with somebody in their life who's going through this or have recovered? Or I know there are sites like We Connect and all these like great resources yes. for people, but do you have any specific advice or advice on the writing process itself? I mean, I have really been thinking a lot about people who are trapped in these kinds of dynamics right now and who are living in households with active addiction right now. I just think it must be so hard to be dealing with that with all of these restrictions on our (laughs) movements. And to those people, I say like there are resources out there. We Connect is a good one. And Al-Anon has really been like a powerful community for me. There are, you know, I mean, I think the key is finding other people who understand because I think that we can, you know, access websites and like read guidelines and self-help bulleted lists or something, but really finding people, connecting with people who understand exactly what you're going through is the most powerful thing there is. And my only writing advice ever is to read. That's all I ever want to do. (laughs) But reading is every, I mean, it's all in there. You just have to read books. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. uh, I love your show. I'm so so glad I got to come on and I'm so happy and I can't wait to like listen to all the rest of your author interviews. They're like so fantastic. Thank you. That's really Yeah, nice. I love it. Thank you. That's awesome. Thanks so much. Thank okay. you. Take, Take care, care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to my podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. If you liked this episode, please follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books and sign up for my mailing list at ZibbyOwens.com so you can always hear about the latest things I'm up to. Thanks a lot. Today's episode has been sponsored by Stylist. 
please try out Stylist. Again, it's text to number 926-848 and text Zibby, capital Z, or go to stylist.com and try it out and let me know what you think. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Thanks for listening. You could always email me at zibby at zibbyowens.com. Thank you.